Hello, and welcome to the Agape House of Worship weekly podcast. Through this podcast, we hope and pray that you will be equipped and empowered to live the life that God has planned for you. If you are blessed by this message and would like more information, please visit our website at www.agapehousenj.org. Thank you and God bless. Can we put our hands together? What an amazing. Are you blessed so far? It's been an amazing time in God's presence. Amen and amen. And we praise God for the privilege to be able to worship, for the privilege that we have to be able to come together. When I think about what is going on, I think about people who have had this, you know, not for pandemic, but they've had fear of gathering to worship in some other part of the world. Coming to worship is always a risk for them. And I think uh, somehow maybe God is allowing us to, to feel what they feel every week, every day. Uh, even though for us it's not, uh, you know, uh, illegal, but at least we, we're still able to feel the amount of weight, even for those of us who plan the service, the amount of hoops we have to go through, the amount of check, you know, things we have to check, the amount of things we have to put in place to make sure the place is safe, to make sure we, uh, it's just enormous. And uh, sometimes you think about some people who have to worry about their own life. I once had a a friend that uh, was in one of those countries uh, will live there before and shared some of this with me. I, I couldn't really grasp it, but I think now I do. How having a service, they have to even time themselves to arrive at the place. So nobody's noticing any form of movement. All right? So you have to really, like over a period of two hours, you arrive gradually. And you can't have a place where you gather. You have to really, really stage it well. So if uh, security people just come in, you can easily just pretend you're doing something else. Uh, you know, so I think we, we get to feel that a little bit. Uh, but I know uh, this will pass in Jesus' name. Uh, so I want to thank everyone who is here today. I want to thank our... Amen. Especially our workers will put this service together uh, in various, you know, ministries. Uh, we'll really work very hard to make sure since the beginning of the pandemic, we've always had a service. We've always had the ability to worship, ability to be able to, you know, minister to people all over the world. Uh, it's such a joy, and I'm really, really Excited! I'm proud of your work in Jesus' name. By God's grace, we will continue to meet as long as we can legally can. Uh, we have reassessed our protocols to make sure we are doing everything right, and we are, by God's grace. Uh, we step up a number of our things that we do to make sure coming here for you is safe. So if you choose to come here, 
you should be assured that you are safe here. Amen. Uh, and by God's grace, we are doing that. Uh, and, uh, you know, and I want to encourage everyone who comes to continue to do that. Uh, this doesn't work unless there is a cooperation. So please, when you are here, put on your mask and put it above your nose. All right? All right? And uh, when the service is, uh, uh, is ended... Uh, please, you know, let's social distance. Don't let us do a lot of gathering. That is how to ensure we are all safe. And in case you feel sick in any way, please make sure you don't come uh, or you are exposed. You know, I've had a number of people who are supposed to do something, but maybe because they were somewhere and somebody got, you know, there was a positive case around them and they called and they said, you know, I'm not going to be able to be here. And I really, really do appreciate people who do that. I mean, that's actually a way of saying, you know, we care. We're a community and we must care for each other. Amen. So please, let's do that. Uh, this place will continue to be safe for everyone that chooses to be here. Um, for everyone that chooses to be home, we will continue to reach out to you at your home with the worship, with worship and with the word in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So, Father, we thank you today because your word is yea and amen. Your word is quick. Your word is powerful. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. Your word can go to the deepest part of our heart. Your word can heal. Your word can encourage. Your word can bring people out of oppression and depression. Your word can, you know, enlighten our heart and mind. And Lord, we just trust that you will bring your word to us with all its power, its strength, and its ability. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. And amen. Amen. So we're going to continue our message series, Deeper Still. We are addressing seven non-negotiables of going deeper with God. If we're going to de go deeper with God, which we should desire to, we must embrace a life of brokenness, a life that is broken. David said, my sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart the Lord will not despise. Uh, it's not enough to just get saved. We must have an attitude of brokenness before God in order to really go far with him and go deeper with him. Number two, we must embrace the local church. All right, it's not enough to say I am saved by myself. Yes, salvation is personal, but living out the Christian life is not personal. It was never designed to be personal. It's designed to be, you know, the Christian living is designed to be lived in the context of a community. Amen. Uh, so it's very important if you want to go deeper, you must become deeply rooted and connected not just to Christ, but to his body. Praise the name of Jesus. And last week, part three, we talked about having the right heart. Amen. Our heart, we said, is the ruling center of our life, right? The ruling center of the old person is the heart. God cares about our heart. He wants a pure heart. He wants a heart that is yielded to him. 
and he wants a heart that is uh, submitted to him. Amen. Uh, so the condition of our heart is very, very important. Today we're going to examine what I call number four, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit is one of the non-negotiables, right, of going deeper with God. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit is one of the non-negotiables of walking with God. I'm going to start by reading Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 and 9. Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 and 9. I want you all to join me to read it. It should be on the screen, no matter where you are. Let's read it together. One, two, go. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Amen. This is God speaking to us. Uh, and I think most of us, at least you've heard of this scripture before, uh, even though maybe paraphrase, at least you have an idea, uh, you know, that God, and it's not very hard to agree with this, by the way, right? It's not very difficult to know that God's thoughts are, you know, they are not my thoughts. They are higher. They are better. They are bigger. And, and he says, actually, it's much more than you think. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours. And so are my thoughts higher than yours. But when you read this place, you can draw a false conclusion. Uh, you can draw a first conclusion here, uh, concluding that that means God's thoughts are unreachable, God's ways are unattainable because they are higher, and they are not just higher by, you know, to the power of two, they are higher to the power of infinity. So therefore, I should just give up. There's nothing about pursuing God because I will never be able to really understand him. No, no, no. This is not what this is meant to communicate. How do I know that? Yes, if you go to Psalm 103, Psalm 103, the same scripture says, he made his ways known unto Moses. Did you see that now? He made known his ways to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. So you see here there's a balance there that even though his ways are so high, they are much, much higher, they can be known. Hallelujah. In fact, God made it known to somebody, and we know that person is called Moses. The Lord was able to figure out, you know, how to you know, release that, what is called his ways. His ways, his thoughts, his manner of doing things, his, mo his mode of oppression. God was able to show it to a man called Moses. Hallelujah. So we can be encouraged that even though God's ways are higher, God's thoughts are higher, they are not unreachable, unattainable to us. Praise the name of Jesus. The Bible says the secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. In Psalm 25 verse 14. 
And he will show them his covenant. So there are certain conditions that can give us access into God's ways, God's secrets, God's thoughts as children of God. So we should be encouraged with that, with that. That just because God's thoughts and ways are higher does not imply that they are inaccessible. Praise the name of Jesus. I thought someone is going to praise God for that. I thought someone is going to be excited that they are still accessible. And they are accessible to any of us, to all of us who are his children. God makes his ways known to us. I'm going to go, you know, go to the New Testament, you know, and give us a few more scriptures that, you know, that kind of go along with this. Romans chapter 11, I'm going to read verse 33 to 35. Romans chapter 11, verse 33 to 35. Please bear with me. I'm taking you through a lot of scripture. I know people don't preach like that anymore. All right? All right? I know that's, uh, that's no longer in fact. People love, you know, just, just talk and maybe sprinkle a little scripture a little bit. You know, but I believe we have people here who really want the word of the Lord. Amen. How many people are here and say, give me the word. I just need the word. Amen, amen. Romans chapter 11, let's go to verse 33, says, this is Apostle Paul really expressing some very deep thought, and he says, oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgment and his ways past finding out. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has become his counselor? Or who has first given to him and he shall be repaid him? All right? So he's saying here, look, I mean, God's ways are really past finding out. It's not something that you can just know. That means it's not on the surface. We say they are rich, all right? And they are unsearchable. They are past finding out. Who has known the mind of the Lord? The mind of the Lord is vast, is deep, is great, is very difficult and impossible in the natural for somebody to really understand his mind. Now, again, you can draw a very wrong conclusion here by saying, wow, God is so deep. God's ways are impossible to know. God's thoughts, God's way of doing things is just so difficult. It's so impossible, and I'm going to give up. No, 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 no. Don't give up yet, because the Bible also tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, which is really where I'm going here, you know, because you're saying, what does this have to do with the fellowship of the Holy Spirit? For those of you who still remember the title I said, actually. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 now begins to tell us how this actually happens. If you go to verse 10, the Bible says, These are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. You know, the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. So there's somebody who searches all things, and that person is the Holy Spirit. And he said, God, you know, in fact, Apostle Paul is saying here, we know some of them because God revealed it to us. He's talking about him. And he's saying, you know, the Spirit searches all things, you know, the Holy Spirit, and he searches even those deep things of God. 
And he said, for who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? If you're reading your Bible, you're going to say, see that the second spirit is lowercase spirit. He's saying your spirit knows your thoughts, right? So in the same way, no one knows the thought of God except the spirit of God. So there's one person that knows the thought of God. There's one person that knows the ways of God. There's one person that can bridge the gap between me and God. And that person is called the Holy Spirit. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 So he says, he says, no one knows the thought of God except the Spirit of God. Verse 12, what we have received is not the Spirit of the world. But the spirit, I want you to see uppercase, who is from God. So that we may understand what God has freely given to us. You see, so we can understand the thought of God, the ways of God. That is what he's saying. And he goes in verse 13. I mean, we can stop there, but if, if you don't want to go, this is what we speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words Thought by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with spiritual thought words or spirit thought words. The person without the Spirit, right, does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God. But, you know, consider them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgment about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgment. Who has known the mind of the Lord as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. How do we have the mind of Christ? We have the mind of Christ because we have the spirit of Christ. We have the mind of Christ because the spirit of God lives with us who can reveal, you know, God's thoughts. So the Holy Spirit is given to us, ladies and gentlemen, so that we may understand the deep thought of God concerning us. All right? And that's why the ministry of the Holy Spirit is so important. It's so critical. That's why it is, you know, having the Spirit... It's a necessity to going deeper with God. That's why fellowship of the Holy Spirit is a non-negotiable if you really want to go deeper with God. You see, you can't go deeper with God, you know, without, you know, cultivating what is called fellowship or communion or relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because the job of the Holy Spirit is to escort us into the deep things of God. It's an escort. It's to show us. It's to guide us. It's to lead us into the mind of Christ. Let me tell you something. The Bible says God's thoughts towards us, right? They are good. They are not evil. God has thoughts concerning you. God has plan for your life. God is a good father. You know, just like any father, me, I have thought concerning all my children. I have 
wonderful plans for them, right? And I, but the only way I'm going to really be able to carry that out is to communicate that plan to them, all right? Communicate it to them so they know. They know that this is the plan. This is the plan for, you know, vacation, or this is the plan for this year. This is the plan for that. You know, knowing that plan, knowing that you, your father has a plan, gives you comfort, right? It gives you assurance, you know, that something is going to happen. That, you know, maybe we're going to go on vacation or I'm going to be able to buy this. You know, no, we have money to take care of this. We have, you know, plan for this. It gives you assurance. It delivers you from worry, right? And it gives you faith, all right? It gives you faith to be able to live. And it gives you tenacity to be able to go through life's problems. You see, many, many times we, uh, you know, we go through disillusionment. Many times we go through, you know, hopelessness, right? Many times we go through, you know, very, very serious emotional challenges and struggle simply because we just don't know the plan of God for our lives. We don't even know if he has a plan. You know, we're not aware, we're unsure. You know, what, what, you know, so much agony we go through in life because we don't even know whether God has a plan for us or not. And I'm sure there are people here, you know, just what, listening to me who are wondering, does God have a plan for me? Does he care? You know, does he understand what I'm going through? Is, it, does this make sense? You know, I mean, you look at your life, you just say, does everything is not adding up? You know, a lot of time the reason why that happened is because we have not cultivated fellowship with the Holy Spirit. That's why, Apostle Paul, we often end this letter by talking about the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. You see, because everything starts with the love of the Father. You know that, right? That's why it says the love of God, right? Everything. God's love is what drives everything. God's love for us is what drives his plan for us. God's love for us is what drives, you know, everything he wants to do because God loves you unconditionally. And the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ is what qualifies us for God's plan. Did you know that? It is the grace. It is because of Jesus, you know, who died on the cross, who paid the price. That's what qualifies me for salvation. That's what qualifies me for healing. That's what qualifies me for everything that God has in plan. So nobody should ever worry whether they qualify for God's plan. You are pre-qualified for God's plan. Hallelujah. Pre-qualified in Christ. You're pre-qualified. But he mentioned something that is important. He said the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. You see, the continuous relationship with the Holy Spirit is what makes those things accessible. It's what makes them accessible to us. It's what, you know, is what download them to us. That's the word. That's the word I'm looking for. You know, the word download. I remember when I first had the word download. Everybody, there was a time that word was not that common. I'm sure young people don't know that there was a time that word is like, what does that mean? All right? Download, upload. Those words got into the dictionary a few years ago, right? They were not there 30, 40 years ago when I was growing up, right? But, but you see, we need to be able to download, you know, the Holy Spirit is the one that is, you know, that has the ability to download God's plan into our mind, into our thoughts, you know, to be able to create faith. That's why it's important. Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. 
whosoever must come to God must believe that he is, right? And is a reward of those who diligently seek him. Faith is the key. is the assurance of things all for, right? Evidence of things not seen. Faith is what we need. I mean, without faith, it's impossible to experience what God has for us because the only way we can walk with God is by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. Faith is the key. People who are not able to have faith will miss out on God. But how can you have faith without a download? You can't have faith without a revelation. You can't have faith without somebody, I mean, God giving you an assurance, a mental picture, something about his plan for you. That is important. That is why we need a download. I want you to say, Lord, I need a download. Lord, I need a download. You see, when God downloads his thoughts into your thoughts, downloads his ways into your thoughts, downloads his secret into you, it gives you faith. It gives you assurance. It makes your life peaceful. You know, the peace of God, you know, by Jesus was saying, I mean, no, no, the apostle says in Philippians, you know, about prayer, you know, be careful for nothing, right? But by, with everything, by prayer and supplication, make your request known unto God. And he says, the peace of God that passes understanding, we do what? We guard your heart and your mind. Why? You know, because in the place of prayer, there's revelation. You know, it gives you peace. It gives you assurance. You know, that God is in charge. God is in control. And you are able to press on. You are able to have faith to experience it. Many people lose faith because of lack of revelation. Many people lose faith because of lack of relationship with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Because the job of the Holy Spirit is to escort us into the deep things of God. Let me take you back a little bit to Jesus' discussion with his disciples. Jesus in John chapter 16. This is towards the end of the life of Jesus. <laughs> he began to have discussion with his disciples. In verse, uh, I, will, I will go to verse, uh, verse 7 from John chapter 16. He said, but very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. How many of you think they believe that? I don't think they believe that. I mean, it's good for you that I go. You're right. How can, how can there be anything good out of you going? And we've had you for three years. It's been a party. You know, it's been wonderful. It's been great, right? We've had, you know, you know, we've had food multiplied. I mean, we've seen many miracles. I mean, we've seen all these things. What can be better than this? You know, so he said, it is good for that I'm going away. But he said, unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. I want you to know he's saying him here because he's a person. All right? When he comes, he will prove the word to be in the wrong about sin, about righteousness and judgment. About sin because you do not believe in me. About righteousness because I'm going to the Father where you can see me no longer, and about judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. Each of these statements is a Bible study. We're going to skip. But in verse 12, he said, I have much more to say to you. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. 
But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. So when I said the Holy Spirit is an escort, you see that now? He's an escort into the deep things of God, into the secret of God, into the thought of God concerning us. It's the job, the role of the Holy Spirit is to guide us into all the truth because the world is full of lies. You know, the world is full of lies, you know, and he guides you through the maze, right? You go through this maze, so many things present themselves to you, like that's the truth. So many people say so many things. There's so many words, right? Prophecies. There's so many people trying to say things to you, say. There's so many thoughts in your mind bombarding you every day. There's someone that can guide you to the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. This is the ministry of the Lord. This is the fundamental ministry of the Holy Spirit. You see, every other thing is secondary. Yes, the Holy Spirit is the gift of the Holy Spirit, which we love to talk about. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, you know, you know, discerning of spirit, gift of healing, you know, prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues. Those are secondary. You know, look at here. This, Jesus is telling you, this is the main reason why you have the Holy Spirit. Because walking with God is deep. There are so many depths that God wants to show you, but the only person that can guide you into that is the third person of the, of the Trinity called the Holy Spirit. The only way you can go into deep things of God, the, the heart of God for you, all right, for you. There are so many thoughts in God's mind for you. The only person that can guide you in there is the Holy Spirit. Praise the name of Jesus. All right. Should I read Galatians chapter 5? Let me read it so you can put it a little bit in context. I'm running out of time. So, uh, but let's, let me read Galatians 5. Many of us already know Galatians 5, uh, where the Bible talks about fruit of the Spirit. Uh, but I'll read it so hopefully put it a little bit in context for you uh, from verse 17. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Now, so flesh is shallow. Shallowness, flesh represents shallow. Even if you look at our physical body, yeah, it's easy to touch the flesh. The spirit, our spirit is deep, right? So when you really want to understand what shallowness is, in the things of God is flesh. Shallow people dwell in the realm of the flesh. All right? Deep people dwell in the realm of the spirit. So he says, the only way to really live the shallow, right, is to walk by the spirit. The only person that can escort you, right, into the depth of God, right, it's the Holy Spirit. So that's why he's saying, walk by the Spirit. 
you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit. And the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. You see, you can't be in the shallow and in the deep at the same time. All right? They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. The act of the flesh are obvious. The act of the flesh. That's how you know someone that is, is a way of saying the, these are the manifestations of someone that dwells in the shallow. So he says sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, Fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. He said, you see, people, even believers who dwell in the flesh will exhibit some of this. You know, there are a lot of believers who, if you are, even you are saved, if you don't leave the shallow waters... You see, there are all kinds of fishes there. There are all kinds of craziness there. You're going to find yourself in this. You're going to find yourself justifying this. And these days, what do we have? We find believers justifying sexual immorality, impurity everywhere, you know, drunkenness. I mean, you find selfish ambition, rage, orgies, all these things, even among so-called believers today. Why? Because most of the church dwells in the realm of the flesh. Most of the messages are just motivational, are things that just keep you happy, are things that pamper the flesh. All right? A lot of messages today, I'm sorry to say, pamper our flesh. I've even seen messages that are just pretended to be like they are deep, but they are just inciting you know, jealousy, they're inciting people against each other. They're telling you, you know, you have haters. You have, I mean, all these things that cute word that people put in messages that are just pampering people's flesh. We got to be very careful. Got to be very careful. Very, very careful. Because when you are in the flesh, you, you will see all these things. But look at what he says. <coughs> Excuse me. In verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit. Is what? Love. Joy. Peace. Forbearance. Kindness. Goodness. Faithfulness. Gentleness. And self-control. You see, all these things, they come from the deeper part. Right? They don't come from the surface. You see, self-control don't come naturally. Right? You know, love does not come naturally. Right? Forgiveness does not come naturally, right? Hatred is natural because it's in the flesh. It's, it's shallow. You know, that's always the first reaction, right? You hear somebody talk something bad about you, you want to talk something bad about them because that's your flesh reacting, right? But someone that is in the depth, work, you know, that has gone a little deeper, you are able to find love even to those people, right? You're able to you know, embrace faithfulness, gentleness, goodness. Against such things, there is no law. <clears throat> Excuse me. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh 
with his passions and desire. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So my goal here is to end by saying, how do I cultivate a life of fellowship with the Holy Spirit? Because if the Holy Spirit is responsible to take me to the deep part of the waters, right? If the Holy Spirit is, his job is to be my escort into the truth, into God's thoughts, God's ways, that means I need him. How many of us want to say, I need you, Holy Spirit? We need him. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit in our life. Every believer needs the Holy Spirit. Without cultivating a fellowship with the Holy Spirit, that's why the grace, you know, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship. You know, some other version will say, and the communion, and the lifelong friendship of the Holy Spirit breathe with you all. Without such a lifelong friendship of the Holy Spirit, you will miss out on God's plan for your life. And may you not miss out on God's plan for your life. I pray that you will not miss out on God's plan for your life. In Jesus' name. Now, I'm going to give three things. There's a lot more, but if you get these three, I mean, you are really on your way. All right? Uh, one message cannot talk about the Holy Spirit, by the way. But UB just did a message series a few weeks ago about you know, going deeper with the Holy Spirit is on the YouTube. Uh, you can go search it and listen to it. Two wonderful messages that really helps us. Uh, help us. Hallelujah. And uh, number one is acknowledgement. Acknowledging the Holy Spirit. I mean, they are very. What I'm going to share with you are very simple. They are not complicated. They are things you can practice. No matter, even if you give your life to Christ. Last week. Number one is acknowledgement. The, one of the ways to really cultivate a relationship is to acknowledge him. Because, you see, most of us don't acknowledge the Holy Spirit. You see, the Bible says he's with us. He's been given to us. He's in us. All right? The spirit of truth. In fact, in John chapter 4, verse 17, the Bible says the word cannot Accept him because they don't see him and they don't know him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. In fact, can we display that, John 14, 17? Let's read it together. One, two, go. The spirit of truth, the word cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be with you. I wish this were true because even many of us, even though he lives with us, we still don't know him. That's the truth. Uh, and we must start by acknowledging his presence. Now, the Holy Spirit is invisible. It's a person. It's invisible, but it's a person. It's real. It's not just uh, a spiritual lingo. It's not just, you know, something 
you know, that, is, that just exists in our psychological world. No. It's real. It's a person. It's with us. It's in you. If you have given your life to Jesus, he's with you. Now, you must start by acknowledging that. All right? First, you must acknowledge his person. Many of us cannot. We must acknowledge his person. I mean, we know what it means in the natural to acknowledge someone's presence, right? His person, right? That the person exists. You know, you can, you know, in the natural, you can pretend someone does not exist. People know how to do that, right? There are some people who are very good at that. They live like you don't exist, all right? They can just ignore you, ignore that you are there, don't care about you. Uh, many times we live our life like that. Now, just imagine you wake up, he's there. He's there to assist you. He's there to help you. But you just live and live without really caring whether he's there. He's trying to get your attention, but you ignore him, you know, like he's not there. So you must start by acknowledging his person. You know, and how do you acknowledge a person? You speak to them. You must start by practicing that, practicing asking him, Holy Spirit, can you explain that to me? Because he's there. Holy Spirit, I need your help. Holy Spirit, can you show me? You know, many people say, you know, I read the Bible, I don't understand. You have a teacher. Why don't you ask him? All right? And he's there trying to really get your attention. I can explain it to you. Why don't you say, Holy Spirit, Please explain it to me. Please show me, teach me how to do this. So you must start by acknowledging him. Acknowledge his person. Acknowledge his presence. The Bible says don't stifle the Holy Spirit. You know, if you don't acknowledge him, you stifle him. You know, you acknowledge every other person. You know, you, you know many of you, you, I mean, you just, you know, you are quick to ask people Things without asking him. He's your counselor. He's your friend. He's your guide. He's there. You know, so, you know, if, if he can help you, if, uh, but you have to go to every other person, then you stifle him. You, you just make him irrelevant. You tell him, you know, you're not relevant. No, we can't live our life like that as children of God because if we don't have a fellowship of the, with the Holy Spirit, you will miss out on the deep things of God. I mean, you can't live your life ignoring the person that is supposed to show you the way and you now go and scream and kick and scream that you want to know the way. How is that going to happen? How is that going to happen? I mean, you can't just ignore the person that is supposed to help you, you know, but, you know, you, you know, I mean, people do that in life. I mean, how many times have you struggled, you know, you don't just want to ask for direction, you just want to figure it out on your own. And you just turn round and round and round and round and something tells you, why are you making a fool of yourself? Just, just stop by the gas station, Right? In those days when people at the gas station still know the way, now they don't know anything anymore. <laughs> Have you noticed that since GPS came, nobody, people don't even know what is the next on that street. But you find someone and say, can you show me? 
where the bathroom is. And they say, oh, yeah, yeah, it's just, you just missed it. And you've passed by there three or four times. That's sometimes that's how we live our life. The Holy Spirit is there to guide. We must start by acknowledging him. So acknowledgement is important. I want to encourage you. You wake up, you ask him, you talk to him. And wait for him to speak back. And you're going to begin to realize that he speaks. He drops words. He drops thoughts into you. You're going to realize that he, he can, th- you begin to explain things. I mean, you read the scripture, you don't understand. Just the Holy Spirit, please explain this to me. Walk through your day, you, understand, you will realize that you will get some understanding. And that's when you begin to connect the dots that the Holy Spirit actually speaks speaks, he drops thoughts, he speaks audibly, he speaks through dreams, he speaks through other people, he speaks in many ways, but you, many of us don't even know him. So we must do that. We must, we must acknowledge. Number two, we must practice the art of listening. Right? Wow, I'm out of time, but I'm going to really read this passage. And I I think this passage is very illustrative. Uh, 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. I will read. I will quickly read. 1 Samuel chapter 3. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. In those days, God was not speaking. God wasn't happy uh, with the children of Israel. So many people were not getting words. There was none. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could not barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord, where the ark of God was. All right? Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered. Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am. You call me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. Notice that. It's the Lord calling Samuel. But Samuel didn't know. He thought it was Eli. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You call me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Verse 7 is very important. Now, Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not been revealed to him. So even though Daniel, I mean Samuel, he knew the Lord, but he didn't know him that well. Did you get that? So Samuel, don't forget that Samuel was already there. He was already in the presence of God. He was already lying down in the presence of God. So it wasn't that Samuel was foreign to God totally. No, he's been here. But he was not that familiar with the voice of God. So he did not yet know the Lord enough to know how he speaks. So the word of the Lord, did you see that now? The word or the voice of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time, verse 8, the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you call me. Then Eli realized the Lord was calling the boy. 
So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and laid down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as other time, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. Now my point here is, see, the art of listening to God requires practice. Right? That's why you must practice. It requires practice. Don't shut it down. Even if you're not sure, ask someone to explain to you. Even if you're not sure, you know, just give it thoughts. You know, maybe, maybe ask him again. Ask God, just give me another chance. You know, give me another chance. Give me, give me a proof. You know, that you are, you are speaking to me. I mean, you know, show curiosity. Practice it. Don't, you know, many of us, we kill that aspect of our life. See, that aspect of our life, we don't even want to deal with it. I mean, it's too difficult. It's too vague. It's too, there's a lot of uncertainty. But if you don't want uncertainty, you don't want depth. You see, people who avoid uncertainty, people who avoid risk at all costs, they are not successful. Right? People who don't want to deal with any risk, they don't go very far. So, but if you really, really want to go far with God, you need to be able to deal in that realm where you are really listening and you are practicing how to know what the Lord is saying. Praise the name of Jesus. Number three and the last one, learn the language of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> so those three things I'm going to leave it. Now, the fundamental language of the Holy Spirit is the Word of God, right? The Word of God is the thought of God, the mind of God, right? You know, the, the mind of God is the Word of God. So, you must learn the language of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians six seventeen says, the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God, right? So, it's the language. Many times, the reason why many people miss God even miss what the Lord is saying, is because they don't understand the vocabularies of God. Right? Your vocabulary limits your communication. Right? How many of us remember when you were still doing comprehension? And you read, the, the, you read it and you can't figure out what you're talking about. You know, because you are, there are so many vocabularies that you are still missing. Right? The more your vocabulary, the more you develop your vocabulary, the greater your comprehension. You see, the same thing is with God. God speaks in Bible language. You see, the scripture is to give us, to teach us how God speaks. You know, because the scriptures were written by God speaking to people. The Bible says, only men of God, they spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So, the scripture, all scripture, they are written by the inspiration of God. So the Bible is God's inspiration. So a lot of times when you are reading the Bible, you see you are, you are seeing God speak. All right? I mean, you know languages. My kids, they know my language. They know certain things I say. All right? Because they've lived with me for a while. There are some ways I speak. Nobody else will even get what I'm saying. But they get it. You know, there are some manners, I say certain things, they know. Even though they might be sarcastic, they know I'm being sarcastic. 
you know, because they have lived with me enough, they have learned my language. Everybody has their language. I'm sure you know that, right? So God has his own language, you know, and God is been speaking. The good thing about God is he's always speaking. We serve a God who is not deaf, he's not dumb, he's not mute. He's been speaking from Genesis to Revelation. He spoke all through and he's still speaking today. And we can learn his language. So when you give yourself to the word of God, when you dwell in the word, when you, you know, just marinate the word, you memorize the word, you, you know, you dwell in the word of God, what you are doing essentially is you familiar yourself, you make yourself familiar with how God speaks, with his thought, how he feels about different things, about certain things. So when he begins to speak to you, he's familiar. That's why Jesus said, my sheep, they know my voice, the voice of a stranger they will not listen to because they know when the stranger is listening, is speaking. Why? Because they are not familiar. They are not familiar when, 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 uh, when uh, David was going to kill Goliath, all right, was going to kill Goliath, and Saul said, you know, take my armor. And he wore everything, and he said, I can't, this, is, this doesn't feel right. And so I said, why? He said, I have not tested it. This is not, I don't, this is not my realm. Let me use what I've tested. Right? I've tested the sling. It works. You know? You will know when the enemy is speaking because the enemy doesn't speak the language of God. The enemy doesn't speak love. He doesn't speak faith. He doesn't speak, you know, gentleness. You know, you will know when God is speaking because God is consistent. He's the same yesterday and forever. His principles are the same. You will know when God is speaking to you because you already know how he spoke in the past. When you get acquainted with his words, what happened? You learn how to fellowship with the Holy Spirit. I hope you have been blessed by this word. I hope this will bless you. Can we just bow down our heads and pray? Father, in Jesus' name, we just pray that this word will not return to you void. But Father, it will accomplish the purpose for which it was sent in the mighty name of Jesus. It will become seed in our heart and bear multiple fruits in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, because you've answered our prayer. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. May God bless you. I'm going to